What's up, y'all? It's Davin. This is another episode of the Free Your Voice, Free Your Life podcast. And I shouldn't be recording this right now. <laughs> I legit do not have time to record this right now. I'm going to be getting on a plane first thing tomorrow morning. I need to be packing. But I woke up this morning and I was sitting in meditation. And after the meditation, had sort of completed, if a meditation actually completes, I just felt compelled to do this because I want to bring you along my own journey. Um, you know, I know that so much of this podcast is about offering advice, but I hope that you hear throughout it a lot of my own personal narrative because what it is that I'm offering you is not specific to you. It's specific to being a human. <laughs> <laughs> to humanity. This is a message for all of humanity. And it turns out that I'm human too. And there is some exciting stuff happening in my life. And I'm on the precipice of just doing some things that I've never done before. And so I thought it would be a really, I don't know, good opportunity to live out loud. I remember a number of years ago, um, a teacher that I'm fond of talking about other teachers who um, don't appear to be smoking what they're selling <laughs> was his was his language. And that's always been really uh, important to me, too. Like, I don't want to teach or coach or advise from a place that is outside of my own experience. And so I want to be candid with you and I want to share about the things that I'm going through. And I don't remember how many episodes back, a number of episodes back, uh, I think it was the um, episode called um, Reclaiming Your Voice Dream. I told you about some personal, creative and professional pursuits that I'm engaging in. The first being this thing called The Reset. It's an immersive sound experience. It is created, it's something like a sound bath, if you're familiar with the concept of a sound bath. But what's unique about the reset is that it features my voice. I use improvisational singing through looping devices to create layer upon layer of sound. And if you've been following my journey at all, you know that I started doing these in like yoga studios and meditation studios and quickly found myself bringing them to uh, unconventional places and spaces like the roof of the Ace Hotel here in Chicago. And last year in January, I had the opportunity to bring this experience to um, Orchestra Hall, home of Chicago Symphony Orchestra, which was really sort of a life-changing opportunity. The experience itself was amazing, but it just alerted me to the actual possibility of what it is that I can do with this thing. And so ever since then, like I shared with you a few months back, I've been trying to put some branding around this and really market it to other similar venues across the country and across the world. And um, it's been fun and playful and lonely and difficult and strange. And I've sent hundreds and hundreds of emails that have gone unresponded to. <laughs> and then every once in a while, someone will respond and they're really, really excited and encouraging. And that gives me the fuel to keep going. And then it's crickets. Um, but the good news is 
I, I feel some momentum, a little bit of momentum. And I'm also like just coming to terms with the fact that this thing that I'm trying to do, it's a long-term process that if you want to get booked at venues, like you have to build relationships over time. You don't just like send an email and get booked because people book their schedules out far in advance and, you know, all sort of the obvious things. But the good news is, is that I've been invited to come back to do this at the CSO, the Chicago Symphony Orchestra, again this year. So January 8th. Um, I'm going to be able to do that again. And I'm super excited. And we learned a lot last year about how to do this. And we're going to organize it a little bit differently this year. Um, and so I'll let you all know when that gets posted on the CSO's website, probably in early December or so. Um, but, but through my many, many, many emails and attempts to connect with people, I got invited to come to... Um, I don't think that this exactly describes what this is, but maybe it'll make sense if I describe it like this. A pitch fair. That makes it seem kind of cold. Um, it really is a conference for, or like a gathering or a summit for people that are both presenting, like performance venues, presenting immersive theater, immersive experiences, and artists, creatives who have immersive experiences that they're wanting to bring out into the world. And I'm, I'm just sort of, I marvel that I ended up being invited to this because it was literally through like a friend of a friend of a friend kind of situation <laughs> that I got connected. And now, you know, a few months later, I'm going to be on a plane tomorrow morning to Denver to go do a four minute pitch in front of a hundred plus presenters venues. Um, yeah, for the reset. And so I have no idea what this will mean in terms of opportunities, but I'm really so grateful and just sort of in awe of the momentum and the, the way in which this continues to unfold and really sort of fascinated by my own emotional, spiritual, psychological journey through this process of having this idea. And right now, feeling like the idea has legs, um, but they're just walking. They might even be crawling, but they're going to get going. I know they'll run. I have like this deep, deep spiritual essential knowing that they're going to run. Um, but I'm doing my best to sort of trust the timing of all that because it's certainly not happening on my timing. <laughs> but you know, you can only run when you're ready to run. And so I got to trust the universe to know that for me. And so in the meantime, I have spent hours upon hours, um, by myself in my studio, talking to myself, crafting this four minute pitch to really capture this experience. And just for the record, if you don't know what I'm talking about, you can go to the resetsoundexperience.com to learn more. Um, but yeah, I just need to be able to say what it is in four minutes in front of people. And because I'm me, I'm trying to sing before and after doing that too. <laughs> so I'm trying to cram singing, looping, talking, all into four minutes. And I think I've done it. I think I what I've got, it's pretty cool. It's pretty special. It gives people the image of what it is that I'm up to. And I also know wholeheartedly that what I'm offering is going to be really unique in terms of the pitches um, that are available. One thing that many people have told me is that what's unique about this experience is that it doesn't require any build out. You don't have to do anything special or fancy to the space, but we get to sort of flip it on its head and use it in a different way than one might in a traditional 
concert or theater. So anyway, I'm stoked. I'm going to Denver tomorrow morning um, and Monday uh, in the afternoon. I get my four minutes to shine. And yeah, just so grateful, grateful for this experience. Um, I'm going to talk more about this in a bit. But the other thing I just wanted to say is one of the things that I feel aware of in a different way right now than maybe I ever had before. And this is a connected to a lot of the personal work I've done in my own journey around hmm, staying true to the present moment, understanding the actual path of manifestation, manifesting our dreams, creating our dreams. Um, one of the things that really stands out to me right now here as I'm recording this podcast is I'm just having so much fun right now. Like I'm so excited and I mean, it's a great, don't get me wrong, it's an incredible opportunity to be able to do this. I feel blessed and grateful to be able to do this, but also know that this is not the thing that I want to do, right? Like, I want to bring this experience to stages, and I'm fascinated at the delight and joy I'm finding in the process of trying to do what it is that I want to do. And this is really one of the real truths of manifestation that if you can embrace it is that the thing that you want is actually here right now because what we all want is a feeling. We're looking for a feeling, a feeling. And what I'm noticing right now is that I am feeling the feeling. I mean, so much playfulness and joy and struggle, but like delicious struggle because it's the kind of struggle when you're trying to make a really good meal and you just know it's going to taste so good, even though it took a long time to make it. Um, so I'm just observing this within myself in a way. Um, and like I said, don't get me wrong, there have been really deep moments of like, why won't anyone say yes? <laughs> why won't anyone email me back to say no? <laughs> I would love that. And then, like I said, all of a sudden I get a message and I'm like, holy shit, I just got an email from, you know, based on a cold email. That's incredible. What a gift. What a pleasure. What a joy. I've said it before. I know it now more deeply in my being that the joy is not in the journey. The joy is the journey. The joy is never in arrival, first and foremost, because we never arrive but because the arrival is something we think we get to and thinking puts us in a construct that's so limited and narrow. And so when you can just be here and be on a plane that is taking you to an unknown conference summit that you're not exactly sure how you got invited to and you don't even know who's going to be there, but you know that it represents a special juncture in your journey toward expansion and growth and creative expression. And yeah, amazing life-giving. Beautiful. Okay. But that's not all. Because in that same episode, I told you about this other thing that I do um, that, I don't know, by some big wink of the universe, I'm given the opportunity to do back-to-back -back with this trip to Denver. So after Denver, I'm getting on a plane to go to New York City, where I am bringing Voxus. And Voxus, again, uh, Voxus Experience, V-O-X-U-S experience.com, if you want to learn more about that, is essentially my effort to bring improvisational singing um, group collective singing, improvised singing, circle singing, if you're familiar with the concept of circle singing, to corporate executive teams, professional groups, human beings, really, but 
human beings in suits. <laughs> Not always, but you know what I mean. Um, I, I don't know how long ago. So just the same as the reset, I've been sending a lot of cold emails because my friends, I have done my best to tap into all of my resources. And, and for all I know right now, I have pretty much exhausted <laughs> my direct resources. And so what do you do when you've exhausted that? You start to look outside of your immediate realm and you say, hey, what else is there? And unfortunately, or maybe fortunately, that has led to me sending a lot of emails cold emails, emails to info at blah, 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 blah. So I, you know, if you have any uh, knowledge of my history, like I had, Voxus is something that I had done in the past and I had, had some really amazing opportunities. I got to do a, a beautiful conference for Coca-Cola, um, a company called JLL here in Chicago, which does commercial real estate, Chicago public schools. I had a gig earlier this year with Chicago public schools where I got a bunch of teachers to sing and it was so cool and fun and lovely. But, you know, people aren't necessarily um, kicking down the door <laughs> to get me to make this happen. So I send these cold emails to info at and yada, yada, yada. And I've been really targeting, targeting conferences, uh, summits, you know, these sorts of things to just see if I can make my way in front of groups of people who work for companies that might be interested in accessing this work that I'm doing. And there was one summit. Um, actually, I'm going to keep it. Uh, I'll share with you after the fact <laughs> what it was. But there's this big corporate business summit in New York City that happens this week. And they had, I don't know, six email addresses, info at email addresses, and they were for their, for their corporate offices around the world. And one day I just, you know, I discovered this conference and I was like, I'm going to do what I do. I'm going to tell them how special I am and why they should bring me in to do this. And um, the conference the, is, is the summit is happening, convening in New York, but the offices were all over the world. And so I sent an email to the New York office. But then in the moment, I was like, you know what, I'm just going to email uh, Tokyo, and I'm going to email Madrid, and I'm going to email Milan and London. Because who knows, who knows, I'm going to send the same email to all of those. So very shortly after getting, uh, sending my email to the New York office, I got a response that said, you know, thank you for your note. Um, but this event is fully booked. We'll keep you in mind for the future, which honestly is really lovely to get that kind of response because at least someone acknowledges that the email <laughs> was received. And so I was like, okay, whatever. But I kid you not, like 15 minutes later, I get another email from someone in Madrid and they say, hey, I'm booking the New York event and I'd like to talk to you about this Voxus thing. And I just sort of chuckled because the person in New York told me no. <laughs> but the person in Madrid said, hey, let's chat about this event in New York. So I get on a call and I'll spare you all the details, but it was a long process. There were multiple calls and there was a lot of skepticism, curiosity, uncertainty, but eventually, they wanted me to come. They wanted me to come. And so after I'm in Denver, I fly to New York to bring improvisational singing to a group of 2,500 professional executive folks in a theater in Lincoln Center. 
which is crazy wild big huge and also my friends can i just tell you it feels right <laughs> like it feels correct because this is something that i've known for a long time that i have the skill to bring to these bigger audiences but have just been you know seeking folks who are willing to take that risk because it is a big risk to ask people who are in mm, a more buttoned up setting to sort of let it all hang out and use their voices collectively and so uh, again i'm sitting in marvel i'm sitting in awe and excitement at the fact that a cold email led me to this opportunity that is truly so lovely and exciting and big and huge. And just for the record, I'm going to be really vulnerable with you here. I've had the opportunity before to do this with a group of a thousand people. And it was so epic, so epic. It was such a, an amazing experience. They were community organizers here in Chicago. We actually like sang um, to usher in the mayor at the time, Lori Lightfoot. It was a very cool highlight experience in my life. But double that plus 500 <laughs> in Lincoln Center. <laughs> I mean, that's pretty cool, right? That is really exciting. And so I'm of two minds about this. I'm so thrilled. And like I said, I feel ready. I Just as I did, you know, told you about the reset standing in my studio talking to myself. I've been doing the exact same thing with this. I only have 15 minutes. I'm going to come out on the stage singing. I'm going to do my best to get them singing quickly. I'm going to talk to them for hopefully around five minutes. And then I'm going to get them singing for five more. It's tight. It's quick. Ah, um, but again, like I feel ready. I feel like what I have to say, what I know how to do, I can do this, but I'm also scared as hell. <laughs> like so scared. I'm more scared about this than the experience in Colorado because what's at stake here feels like the scale is larger. And this is an example of me, um, sort of realizing the dream in many ways. Now, don't don't get me wrong. I, I still got bigger dreams and I still want this to expand and grow and keep going. But I see myself on that stage. I see myself singing. I see myself getting this group of people to use their collective voices. I see the smiles on their faces. I see them moving their bodies. I see them being so surprised and delighted by what we collectively do when we sing together. And the cool thing about this experience is that it's going to happen at the end of a day of a lot of talks. And they're going to experience this for 15 minutes before they go out into having cocktails. And so I see them just joyfully connecting with each other in conversation. And maybe what we just did being the, the connecting point, like, can you believe that just happened? That guy is crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Who does he think he is? Yeah, you name it. But hopefully you can feel and hear through my voice this sort of palpable energy because I've been envisioning this so clearly ever since I got the green light on this. And I spend each day seeing myself on that stage. I see myself walking out and singing. I see in my mind what 
2,500 people look like. I see my body, I feel my body being calm in the midst of that. I hear my voice uh, echoing out. I see the people responding to me enthusiastically. I see the smiles on their faces. I see the delight and the surprise of it all. And then every once in a while, I get these moments of sheer horror. What if nobody sings? <laughs> what if they can't keep a beat? What if, what if, what if everyone just leaves? It's the end of the day. What if they just like hear me come out and they like book it? All of these are possible. Um, but I do my best whenever I catch myself in that thought pattern of catastrophizing or worst case scenario, actually sitting with it, staying with it, imagining that for just a moment so that I can process it through in my body. And this is really one of the reasons I wanted to record this episode for you is that in my meditation today, a lot of fear was creeping up. The kind of fear where just sitting there, my heart was beating very fast. Um, and beating fast for these reasons about all these unknowns and all of these different possibilities. And, you know, the whole goal of my meditation practice is to learn to stay with my thoughts, stay with my feelings, relate to my thoughts, relate to my feelings. Um, and so I sat there and I let my heart beat fast and I didn't criticize myself. And I just noticed what that felt like. And I noticed how sitting with it and staying with it allowed it to sort of shift and change and move and ultimately melt. It slowed down. And I just wanted to share that with you because this is very much a part of my personal process. And I know that even though what I'm doing is so specific to Davin, many of you can relate to this experience. I had a conversation with a client earlier this week, and uh, she will know who she is uh, if she's listening. But she was disclosing to me the experience of fear that has sort of crept up in her life. Um, she happens to be a professional musician. She's been a professional singer for a long time. And there have been some stories and narratives that have started to spin out of control and they have led her into a place of habitual um, fear. When she goes to perform in certain scenarios, her nervous system really um, gets dysregulated and her throat gets tight and she has a pit in her stomach and her voice feels shaky and she has a difficult time breathing and her heart beats fast. And as I'm saying this right now, describing this, there's a good chance that you all know what I'm talking about because I know what she's talking about. I just experienced it this morning, sitting in meditation, my heart beating fast. And so she and I together really spent some time unpacking this. And, uh, and I want to do some of that with you here now for just a few more minutes. And I want you to think about it in relationship to my own process that I just described for you and what it is that I'm coming up against, but also thinking about maybe your own fears and the things in which you find yourself scared of and the ways in which you might inhibit yourself from going forward because it feels like it's too much. It feels overwhelming and you miss the excitement and the joy and the delight and the surprise and the curiosity amidst it all. But the first thing we talked about, and this is what I just was kept noting to you is the experience in the body, the experience of fear in the body. 
When I was sitting this morning and my heart started to beat fast, it was because I had sort of tapped into a sense of lacking safety. Like, what if I got up on that stage and people just weren't there for it? They weren't into it. They didn't give me back what I needed from them. I promised these people I would get 2,500 executives to collectively sing. What if they don't? And so my heart starts beating fast. And then that response to the nerves often is to let that story spin out of control further. See, for me, it feels like a giant, huge opportunity and the potential for failure feels great. But, but it's so important that when we find ourselves bumping up against these experiences in our body, that we note that the experience starts, the primary form of the story begins in the body. Because the truth is, my friend actually Shout out to Mary, my voice of reason. She said to me the other day, Davin, worst case scenario, you just perform. <laughs> and I'm like, I actually know I can do that. I can sing. I could sing for 15 minutes if I need to. But that's the truth is that even if things go awry, even if things go wrong, I have the skill set in this situation to make it work. You know, in the words of Tim Gunn, make it work, designers. Um and that is the truth of this. You know, there are plenty of catastrophic possibilities, but I've been working my ass off. Like, I'm prepared. I'm absolutely prepared. And like I said to you, I know in a very deep way that I'm called to this moment. I'm called to these moments. And so when I can go, hey, look, my heart's beating fast. This is that lack of safety creeping in. And I can ask myself, is that true? Is it true? Is it true? I don't know if it's true. I mean, it's true that there are variables to this situation. But am I destined to failure? Am I destined to disaster? No, of course not. But that feeling in the body, it's uncomfortable uncomfortable. So I sit with it. I sit in meditation and I go, Hey, heartbeat, I got you. I know. I know. I know. It's okay for my heart to beat fast. It's okay. It's okay for my throat to get a little tight. It's okay to be short of breath. Sure. These things aren't ideal for singing. It's not how I want to be, but I'm not going to fight it. I'm not going to resist it. This is my body's predisposition to protect me from harm. This is my body thinking that there's a bear coming from the wilderness. And so I sit and I get to know. And as soon as I stop the resistance, as soon as I just sit and I go, hey, heart, I got you. I feel you. Man, does she calm down. She calms. Now, maybe not as far as I want her to, but she calms. She gets slower. The thud is not so strong. This is so, so, so big, that willingness to stay with the sensation, the experience of fear in your body. The willingness, the willingness, because it's scary. It's scary. It feels like in the moment, it can feel like you might be dying. It can feel like panic will creep in. It can feel like. And so I was saying to my client, um, and this is another conversation I'm having with myself, is that what if all of that, like what if the pit in your stomach and the breathing and the throat, what if that didn't actually change when you sang? 
when you performed? What if that was going to be present for the next couple performances? What would be the consequence of that? Would you still be able to get through it? Yeah, she could. I mean, she's been getting through it. If my heart starts beating like it was this morning, can I still do the gig? Yep. It's not my best case scenario, but I absolutely can do it. And in the case of my client, I said, you know, you are an incredible singer. You have been paid to sing for many years. You have so much skill and ability, natural talent. You have so much um, conditioning that can help you rise above adversity. Do you know that to be true about yourself? Can you remind yourself of that? It doesn't get rid of the fear, but it sort of flips the story just a little bit of like, man, I'm scared, but I'm also so good. I'm so talented. I have a special sound, a sound that's unique to me. Now, here's the other part of fear. And this is very, very true for this point in my juncture and also was true for my client. So one of the reasons that she is encountering this is actually for a really good reason. She has to sing some songs that she wants to be able to sing a certain way. And right now, in her current skill level and ability, the functionality of her voice, she can't hit some notes how she wants to hit them. Now, the good news is she can hit them, but she can't hit them how she wants to hit them. And I confirm that. (laughs) That right now, in this moment, she is not... She doesn't have the skill or the coordination to hit them how she wants. That being said, I also know from my expert point of view that she's not far off from hitting them the way that she wants to hit them. I'll even name this specifically. She wants to belt some notes that she can't belt right now. And so I say that to you to say that that fear actually is stemming from this sort of truthful knowing around a lack of skill to be able to achieve what it is that she wants to achieve right now. But that is not in and of itself the problem. The problem is the story that actually she, you know, so kindly disclosed to me that has a lot to do with worthiness and love and not getting hired again in the future and talent and skill and ability and you name it. So the story is sort of spun out of control in that if I can't belt these, I'm a loser. (laughs) If I can't belt these, I won't get hired. And, you know, of course, the evidence, many years evidence says otherwise, but that story has started to spin out of control in her head. And so we go and we try to unpack that, undo it just a little bit and say, hey, can you actually sing these notes? I can totally sing them. Just because you're not singing them how you want to doesn't mean you're a loser. It doesn't mean you won't get hired for the gig. And the good news of it is, is it means you have something to work on and to grow into. And you can continue to expand as a singer, even after having been a professional for so many years. Oh, that's such good news. It's such good creative news. It's such good personal news, growth and expansion. So how I relate to this is, have I ever had the privilege... (laughs) of getting 2,500 people to sing together through improvisational singing before? And the answer is no. So while I know I can do it, I also don't know that I can do it. I've never done it. This is the first time. That scares the hell out of me. (laughs) 
<laughs> like that's at the essence of my fear is I'm doing something unknown, something I haven't done before. But like my friend Mary said, I do know I could perform for that many people. I actually have done that before. I know that I can sing. I know that in general, I can get people to sing together. I can do spontaneous things that get them to use their voice. And so while I very rationally and reasonably don't know that I can do this, I also have a deep trust and knowing within myself that I can do this. And I know that fear and being scared and an increased heartbeat and all of the other stuff that comes with that is actually a fairly reasonable response to doing something that I don't know, that I don't have previous evidence of being able to do. And so I sort of do my best to accept it. And that sounds so disappointing to so many people. People want to eliminate fear. They have this fantasy of getting rid of the nerves, getting rid of it, just being able to be walk on the stage and be easy and calm. And while I think that's a beautiful vision for us to carry for ourselves, also please know that fear and excitement, they sit very close together. And the adrenaline that comes in as a result of fear, it's not that different from the experience of the adrenaline one needs to perform. It is so important to have that. One of the things that um, I heard someone say once about adrenaline in particular, which is, is that thing that makes your heart beat faster and makes things seem to speed up, is that adrenaline is the thing that helps us do things that we didn't think that we could do. And I was like, oh, oh you're so right. Absolutely. When the adrenaline kicks in, it's like everything goes up a notch. And this is one of the beautiful parts about performing. Oftentimes people will reflect back, man, I hit that note more easily than I ever have when I was practicing on my own, when I was performing it. And that's because, man, the excitement, the energy, the fear, the adrenaline of the experience gave you a little extra something, something. <laughs> <laughs> that allowed you to do something that you didn't know that you could do. And so it sounds unfair. In fact, I, I had a, another client talk to me recently about some of the language that I use. And, and this actually really hit home for me. And I want you to know that I know this to be true. She said that, you know, some of these positions and points of view are actually privileged points of view. And I, I believe that, like if you if you have the experience, if you have had the affirmations, if you've had the opportunities and you know more about yourself, you have the privilege of being able to step into new things with a little less edge, with a little less fear. But I told her, I, I know that is absolutely true. And also the only way to do it is to do it. It's unfortunate, but it's true. So the only way for me to know that I can do this in front of that many people is to do it. And you know what's going to happen is I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. And then what's going to happen is I'm going to do it for more people. And I'm going to know that that's going to be a next level up. <laughs> if you ever um, have curiosity around what it is that I'm talking about, actually, maybe I'll try and put this in the show notes. Uh, there's a video of Bobby McFerrin. I think if you Google Bobby McFerrin's circle singing stadium or improvisational singing stadium, you'll find a video of him leaving, uh, leading 
a whole stadium of people and improvisational singing. And I've watched that video so many times. I've watched it in preparation for what it is that I'm going to do. But um, yeah, it is so powerful what happens when we get people to sing together. And he is my primary source of inspiration when it comes to this work. But anyway, my friends, this is a bit meandering. And yeah, but I just felt like I wanted to get this out there because your boy is scared. <laughs> My heart is beating fast. Um, I haven't been able to sleep well. Uh, I'm not eating exactly like I normally do. But I'm so happy and I'm so excited and I'm so thrilled and I'm so alive. I feel so alive. And I just wanted to share that with you. I want you to know that I'm walking this path for myself and you know we all do this at different points in our own journey with our voice on different scales um different levels you know um doing you sharing your voice with a few people uh can be even more transformative than sharing it with a lot of people so it's not about the numbers but it's about coming home to the experience of being you and not resisting where you are in your journey and just knowing that you can trust that deep knowing that you have that deep call to step into the next thing, the bigger, better, more grand, more expansive, the thing that pushes you to a place that you're not sure if you can go. Trust that call, trust that urge, trust that, trust that, trust it. Everyone I work with has that. And the people that I work with that move through their journey the most quickly are the ones that are willing to admit it to themselves and then admit it to others and then stay with the process. Fear, heartbeat, closed throat, tight stomach, all of it. They stay with it and they just love on themselves through it. And they go, this is a part of it. This is a part of it. This is a part of it. The joy is the journey. This fear to this can be joyful. This fear, this uncertainty, my nervous system responding to the bear coming out of the wilderness. This is all a part of it. It's helping me step into a greater knowing and understanding of who I am. And I see myself expanding. I see myself growing. I see myself getting bigger and fuller and more loving and more joyful and more compassionate and more graceful toward myself and toward others as a result. And I see people smiling back to me because I'm smiling at them. And I see people singing back to me because I'm singing at them. And I hear our voices coming together and I hear the beauty and I feel the feeling of an increased level of adrenaline in my body. And I feel the excitement. And I know that that is not the feeling all the time. And so I treasure this, this moment. I'm taking you through some of the thoughts and manifestation exercises I do for myself. I hope you'll take them as inspiration. I hope you'll feel inspired by my journey. And I hope that you will share with me in yours because I always feel inspired by you. Okay, my friends, wish me luck, will you? Hey, before I forget, next podcast, you're going to hear more about the next cohort a Free Your Voice, Free Your Life, my group coaching program. It's going to start mid-January. It's about to go live, the website. Um, 
I'm stoked because I had such a good experience the first go around and now I know better how to do this. I don't know, in a more compact, succinct way that really gives you what you want on your journey toward your voice and finding more freedom overall. So if you feel um, like you've been wanting to take that step, um, I just want to encourage you, especially to consider doing it in community because it's so meaningful in that way. So stay tuned. How's that for a teaser? I got nowhere to send you right now, but soon. Uh, for your voice, for your life, the group coaching program is going to kick off. So I hope if you are interested, you might consider joining me. All right. I have got to pack. Talk to you later.